You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the old Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. And we got a really, really uh, fun episode today. It's a good old-fashioned BS session, and it's with a guy named Nate Thomas. Now, if that name sounds familiar to you, it's because he is also the host of the Missouri Woods and Water podcast right here on the Sportsman's Nation. And one thing that I'm going to be doing over the course of the next, oh, however many months, is getting guys from uh, other podcasts here on the network on the Nine Fingers just to BS a little bit. Uh, and and uh, that's a pseudo way of promoting their podcast in hopes that you guys go check that one, uh, their podcasts out as well. But uh, those guys over at the Missouri Woods and Water podcast do a real good job of talking about not just the state of Missouri. Um, it's Missouri is where they, they're from, thus the Missouri Woods and Water podcast. But they talk about their trips to Colorado. They talk about their trips uh, to out of state. And uh, it, they do a really good job of keeping it low key. key keeping it fun and uh, it's a it's a really good podcast and, and one of the the top podcasts uh, here on the sportsman's nation network now today i talked with nate about um some really epic moments that went down in his season some swings and some misses some home runs and uh, uh just all of that contributing to a really i think he, he mentioned that this is one of his the, his most exciting or, or best seasons that he's had in a long time. So it's a, a really good episode that I think you guys are going to enjoy. Let's do some commercials real quick. Nine Finger Chronicles. Uh, these brands support me. I would appreciate it if you would go. Uh-oh, unprofessional. My phone's ringing. One sec. God damn. I don't even know who it is. It's probably some guy trying to sell me car insurance. All right. Uh, I don't need car insurance. I got it. Thank you. HuntStand, HuntStand.com. Please go out and check out. It's one of the most robust, uh, one of the, um, how do I put this? It has the most features for the for the price, right? And not only is it for the price, but it just has the most features, period. Uh, let me reword that. It's one of the best hunting apps on the market. 
It's very affordable. It is, uh, it has everything you need. Uh, so go check out huntstand.com discount code SN20 at checkout and you can save 20% off of your purchase lastly lone or not lastly next lone wolf uh, discount code for Christmas 9FC21 9FC21 and you can save $50 off of all purchases over $200 Uh, that's a big one buy uh, and and break it down this is how you're going to save the most money Buy a set of sticks, use the discount code. Buy the uh, buy a, a stand, use the discount code. And so instead of saving 50 bucks on a purchase, you're saving 100 bucks on a purchase. Lone Wolf, uh, go check out their, their products there. Wasp Archery, uh, discount code for 20% off. The number nine followed by the word fingers, F-I-N-G-E-R-S-2-0-2-1. Nine fingers two zero two one, uh, uh, awesome American-made products. They destroy anything they touch. Huge fan of Wasp. Uh, love their broadheads. Been using them since God knows how long. Uh, huge fan. Ozonic scent elimination. Man, ozonicshunting.com. Please go and check out that website if you are new to how to use ozone while hunting in your system. Uh, scent elimination, all that stuff. A uh, discount code. Nine or excuse me, NFC21, NFC21, and you're going to get a free dry wash bag with a purchase of a unit. Again, if you haven't used uh, ozone, uh, whether you're in the woods actively hunting or it out of the woods when you're uh, cleaning and uh, you know decontaminating, so to speak, your, your clothes, you definitely need to look into this. Highly recommend using O3. And then our other partners, Vortex Optics, title sponsor there, Exodus Trail Cameras. Dude, the cameras just work, period. And that's why I love using them. And then if you're looking for a high-quality crossbow from a company that has been around for over 30 years, you need to check out ExcaliburCrossbow.com. Excalibur, man, you go... It's funny, you go and watch those videos online where they're towing them behind a truck at like 50 miles an hour. A guy loads a bolt, and then he shoots a bullseye at like... 80 yards so uh their their crossbows really take a a beating and keep on keep on ticking so there's the commercials huge shout out to all the brands huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to listen to this episode and tuning in weekly uh, for the nine finger chronicles and all of the sportsman's nation content uh thank you very much enjoy uh this episode and we'll talk you on the back end three two one all right on the phone with me from the missouri woods and water podcast here on the sportsman's nation mr nate thomas nate how we doing man good how you doing buddy i'm doing good man hey i don't know if i've ever told you this joke but i i heard it from an old timer down in southern iowa one time and he goes do you do you uh you want to hear the story about the war between iowa and missouri yes i do okay well uh it all started when the people, when the the people of Missouri, uh, threw dynamite over the border into Iowa, and then Iowa lit it and threw it back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, was like, I didn't know there was a war between people in Iowa and Missouri. I don't think there was. I think this guy just didn't like people from Missouri. <laughs> That's funny. It's always funny that uh, whatever. I'm sure. I'm sure Canadians make fun of Minnesota. I know Minnesota and Iowa have beef, 
uh, Missouri, it, it, you know, like you guys probably make fun of what's south of you, Arkansas, right? Mostly, yeah, and Kansas. Kansas. Missouri and Kansas have a nice little rivalry going. I gotcha. Okay, yeah. Well, um, right now, you're, it sounds like you're laid up, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know laid up, but I, uh, I had to have hernia surgery. And uh, here, here's the deal. Either I discounted how bad it would be, like I downplayed the surgery, or I'm a giant pussy. Like one of the two <laughs> things. So I am uh, – I'm six days post-op, and, dude, I feel like Mike Tyson, like, had his way with my midsection. Oh, like, I'm damn. just – I can't even walk straight and, <laughs> or, or stand up straight, I mean, you know, that sort of stuff. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just a baby. What about what about yelling at your kids? Can you still yell at your kids? Uh, I can't, like, inflate my lungs all the way to be yeah. loud, Dad, but I'm getting better. <laughs> what about What about laughing? Laughing hurts. Laughing hurts. Okay. Yeah, I can laugh a little bit, but it still hurts. Okay, so my goal is to make you say "ouch" in this podcast. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, last night I, I laughed my ass off at something. I can't remember what I was watching on TV, but it made me laugh. And like, as I'll start laughing, you'll hear me go, "It hurts! It hurts!" But I just I keep going. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, um, Missouri. You know, it's here. It is December, man. November just straight up flew by. And uh, I just wanted to reach out and see how your season went. What's the what's the rumor mill saying as far as, you know, people who hunted that you know who uh, were hunting in Missouri? You guys got your pulse to the state of Missouri. And uh, I don't know, just kind of curious of uh, what the what the intel says about Missouri and, and the hunting season this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, for us three guys uh, on the podcast, there's myself, Micah, and Andy. Uh, they always give me a hard time cause they're like, dude, I swear you, you set these up with my, uh, with Dan so that we, we won't be there to embarrass you or something. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, I'll say, I'll say the three of us, our season is indicative of the state as a whole. Okay. Me and Andy had great years. Uh, I probably had one of the best years I've ever had deer hunting. Uh, he tagged out in Missouri and then Micah unfortunately hasn't gotten anything done. So I feel like that's like if you talk to most Missourians, like two out of three people would tell you it's been a great year, and then one person would be like, "This year was shit." Yeah. So, uh, me personally, though, this is honestly probably one of the best hunting seasons I've had in my life. So that's awesome. Which is which is weird because uh, I only actually have seen three shooter bucks all season long. Yeah. Two so of them are dead. What made it? Uh, what made it the greatest season of your life? Uh, mostly because my son Caden killed his first buck, uh, with a bow. So I was with him, uh, and that was one of the best experiences I've been a part of in my life. So the, I mean, the season really couldn't have gone wrong from there, to be honest with you. Um, and then I was able to, to kill a target buck I was after this year as well. So, I mean, kind of like icing on the cake and, um, that sort of stuff. So it was just great. I mean, but you know, as the season itself went, I've probably hunted. Oh man. I bet I've hunted more this year than any other year I have. Yeah. As far as number of sits in a tree. And I have only seen, like I said, just a couple minutes ago, seconds ago, three shooter bucks. The one my son killed, 
I passed on an eight pointer the day before I shot the the buck I nicknamed Noob Sabbath, and then I killed him the next day. Those are the only three shooter bucks I saw all season. So, so and they were all within in shooting range of you. Yeah, they were all within thirty five yards. Was the furthest one. That's awesome. So yeah. I kind of want to back up and talk about this experience. It's something that I am waiting to like just waiting for, for my kids, because every hunter I talk to who's serious about it, they say, you know, we, we go through this, these stair step of experiences as hunters ourselves. But if we have a child in the tree stand with us, whether it's our son or our daughter and they harvest their first, uh, their, you know, they kill their first animal. It's something like, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, walk us through, not necessarily from your son's point of view, but for your point of view, he shoots his first bow buck and like what, what's going through your mind at that point? Oh dude. I, I mean, there's, there's so many emotions because this was his first year hunting. Um, you know, I mean, everybody raises their kids differently. Right. And so, um, I'm not going to judge somebody the way they raise their kid. And, and if you judge me, that's fine. Go ahead. But, uh, this was his first year hunting and he just turned 11, right? So a lot of people would tell you, I started him late, right? But the way I've been doing it with the boys is, for instance, with this son of mine, I decided I wanted him to go hunting with me for a few years before he was a hunter. So I wanted him to experience the woods, what it was like to be in a tree stand, see deer in a tree stand, just be out there. Then we'd worry about hunting. Um, this year I felt like he was ready. So I made some, like a series of shit decisions on what, like I was going to do at first. I was going to, I bought him a rifle because I was going to take him uh, youth season in Missouri. And then I decided, no, I want the kid to sh- kill him with a bow, but he's way too small to ever to right now pull back enough uh, poundage to be able to kill a deer. So I ended up buying a crossbow for him and, um, Cause I really wanted him to like, I really wanted him to kill his first deer with a bow. I don't know why it was just like, just in my head. That's what I wanted. Right. And with a crossbow, that's possible for a child now, yeah. you know, I mean, he's going to be 16 years old probably before he pulls back enough, um, on a compound to be able to do it. But anyway, so he did a great job this year. He was ready. We practiced with the crossbow. He was a better shot than I was with the damn thing, to be honest. Um, so he was ready. We we went out and actually set up in the tree stand so that he could get a feeling for how the, the, the cross goes, bow is going to be set up and how he's going to make movements. And, you know, just he was ready. Yeah. And uh, I was nervous for him. But, you know, I, I thought if if anybody's going to do it, he'll be fine. So um, he was that his third or fourth. I think that might have been his fourth hunt. Um, unfortunately he hadn't seen a single deer in any of the hunts he had been on yet yeah. this year before that hunt. My youngest son, Chase, um, had seen plenty of deer, but he wasn't hunting this year. He was just with me. Right. So anyway, that night, uh, we get set up. Um, and I, yeah, that was the only deer we saw that night. Yep. So right at like, it was still like an hour before dark. Um, I would guess, I see a deer come in the trail that I assumed we would see a deer come in. And shortly after that, I noticed it had antlers. So, you know, I kind of nudged him. I said, hey, Caden, there's a deer. And right about that time, I started getting nervous. Yeah. Um, 
because I, I didn't know if it was a shooter buck yet, um, but I wasn't going to uh, I wasn't going to make the decision for him. I guess right. Right. So when he saw the buck, he looked at it. He said, "Dad, can I shoot it?" I said, "Yes." Um, and it was just you know it's a little eight pointer, um, great first deer, and um, he had about two to three to four minutes to get ready. Uh, it needed to come in all the way to where it was going to come. And I had my phone in my hand and I should have recorded everything, but I got so nervous that I set the phone down and I was just like, all right, buddy, you know what you need to do? You know what you need to do? And he was just like cool, calm and collected. I'm sure he was all freaked out, but he wasn't acting that way. Yeah. And, uh, so the deer finally comes in to where I'm like, all right, buddy, you can shoot him now. Wait until I tell you and just get ready. And then when I tell you, you can do it, you just go ahead and do it. Yeah. And, uh, the deer gets set up. I tell him to shoot it and he doesn't shoot it. And so I said, stop, stop, stop. I said, Hey, how come you didn't shoot him? He goes, you didn't tell me. <laughs> so I said, well, yeah, I did, but that's all right. That's all right. You got, you got plenty of time. So the deer crosses around another tree and, and basically comes at 25 yards and just stands there broadside. Yeah. I said, all right, buddy, whenever you, whenever you are ready, you go ahead and make it happen. And, uh, so he pulls off, he, he shoots the crossbow and dude, we have shot this crossbow, but I just wasn't ready for the, the freaking speed that came out of that damn thing. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't actually think he hit the deer. I'm like, Oh no. And, I shoot lighted knocks on my compound. Yeah. So uh, this doesn't have lighted knocks on it currently or whatever they're called for a crossbow. Are they knocks? Hell, I don't know. I don't know. I know they call the arrow a bolt. So yeah. Anyways, this one didn't have lighted knocks. So I'm like, oh shit, he didn't hit this thing. I watched the deer kind of run off and then jump the creek. And I was pretty sure I heard it crash, but I didn't want to make him, you know, feel like, something went wrong. So we yeah. sat there for a few minutes and then I actually videotaped him right after the shot and he was shaking and going crazy. And, you know, I, it was, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, dude, I don't really know how to explain the feeling I had personally. Uh, proud. I mean, were you feeling pr proud? I mean, Oh yeah. Proud yeah. pride welling over. Yeah. Um, I thought I'll be honest with you. I am an emotional father, right? So my, my kids do make me freaking cry. Sorry. Yeah. Nope. It happens. Um, uh, I did not cry. I figured I would, yeah. but, um, I was just, I, I think I was so nervous for him. I wanted to, I wanted to get down and check that arrow real badly. You yeah. know, like, oh man, I really want to see what happened. Like I'm, I'm worried he didn't hit it. it. I thought it was a good shot, but I like, I didn't see it hit the animal. You know, all that stuff as a bow hunter goes through your head. Yeah. Well, I didn't see it hit him, so was it a bad shot? I didn't I didn't necessarily hear that poof, you know, that diaphragm hit. Yeah. So, you know, I think I was nervous. And uh, so we actually waited about 30 minutes, and then I just wanted to get down and check the arrow. I, I was pretty sure it passed through or, or missed them all together. I uh, couldn't tell where it was sitting, but long story short, we get down, go over to where the arrow is, and I look at it, and it's just covered in the best blood you could ask for. So awesome. I'm like, buddy, you, you smoked them. I said, Hey, let's, let's do something. Let's just take a few steps. I just want to see if he's bleeding and, um, we'll just go from there. So I actually videotaped the entire, uh, 
track job, which was only about 20 yards long. He, he literally jumped the creek, went up out of the creek about 10 yards and fell down and died. So um, he double lunged him. I mean, the kid made a better shot than I've made on any deer in my <laughs> life now. So um, it was it was just terrific. I was the amount of pride I had. Um, that's why I say that this was the best season I've ever had. The deer I killed was almost secondary to what Caden was able to do. Yeah. Um, I was just super proud of him. You know, a lot of kids have bad experiences with their first deer. Sometimes it doesn't go right. Something goes wrong. You know, their kids just not necessarily totally ready. You know, all that stuff. And all that stuff I was worried about, he didn't do. I mean, he did a great job. So, yeah. Uh, well, that's awesome. That's yep. awesome. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, you know, it wasn't my kids, but I got fired up when my wife shot her first ever turkey. I, I was trying to walk her through it because she was sitting right in front of me and I'm just like, you know, like trying to micromanaging every move to the turkey. Um, and she's just like, I, and I'm like, shoot it, shoot it. And she's like, not yet. And I guess it was behind a tree or something. So she's like, okay, just be quiet. <laughs> like she was telling me to back off. And then, so she ends up drilling this Turkey and I was just like, Oh yeah. Like, I don't know why. I mean, I was fired up. She was fired. She was excited, but not as excited as me. Um, but man, I could, I can see in a scenario like what you're talking about where you have to almost, you wanted to jump out of the tree and celebrate and go crazy and get emotional. But you, you, it's almost like as the dad, you have you had to keep it together because you didn't watch it fall in sight, right? And so you had right. to put keep up the appearance of this calm, collective person when inside you were probably going bananas. Oh yeah, like dude, it, it was. I was, I was, jacked, and yeah. like I said, I was pretty sure I heard it fall. Yeah. Um, and from where our tree was to where the deer died was only thirty five yards. I mean the damn thing died right behind a thicket of trees that I just couldn't see it, but it was a wet day. So, you know, wasn't positive. That's what I heard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so it was just like, man, I don't want to go too crazy. Plus, like you said, I, I had all, I, honestly, I had all these thoughts going on in my head because I decided as the dad that he was going to hunt with a bow Yeah. With as his first hunt. And we were hunting during youth weekend, so he could have had a rifle. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, I hope I didn't screw this up for him. Like, I hope I didn't freaking make him bring a bow and he could have used a rifle and, you know, his chances of, of being successful probably go up. Um, I'm not a mathematician, but I would think of shooting a 243, you have a better chance of killing an animal than a, than a, a bow. So you know, all that was going through my mind too. I'm sitting there going, man, I hope I didn't screw this up for him. I hope he did good. Like, I don't want him to be disappointed. Uh, yeah. A lot more stuff you're thinking about went, uh, conversely to when you're just, uh, hunting for yourself. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel you. So I feel, yeah. well, that's awesome. So that's, uh, a big moment in your life, uh, you know, that for both of you guys. Now, what about your per, you know, you, uh, what else about, this season made it awesome on top of all that well i mean then i killed a target buck so yeah. <laughs> like it was like i mean me personally and this this goes all the way through my hunt with my son caden um i me personally just my own personal season i was getting my ass handed to me yeah um 
it started in Colorado during our elk trip. I was, I was within a second of pulling the trigger on a nice bull and didn't make it happen. Um, like I needed another tick to be able to, to settle the pin and it was over. Um, that didn't happen. So like the season started off, I wouldn't say negatively, but you know, I didn't get it done. So, and then the season started off and, uh, I had two target bucks this year. One was nicknamed reptile and one was nicknamed noob Sabbath. And those are, Hey, wait a second. Those are mortal combat names from the video game, right? Hell yes, they are. <laughs> I can't believe I, I, I figured that out. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I nickname all my deer or most all my deer yeah. after Mortal Kombat characters. So, <laughs> you know where I got that idea, actually? Where? I used to listen. My first podcast I ever started listening to for hunting was Wired to Hunt. Yeah. And um, there was this dude that was a co-host named Dan Johnson yeah. at the time. He was a douche and, bag. Uh, I'll tell you that. Big D-bag. What a loser. And <laughs> Mark nicknamed all his deer after boxers. Yeah. So, like, when I started getting it big into managing, I guess you'd call it, I started coming up with names for deer, and I suck at it. Like, I, oh, uh, long G1 guy. Like, yeah. I, I <laughs> the big so, 10. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the big 10, right? Um, so, I started, like, what is something that I could, like, just easily pick names and then it hit me. I, I played Mortal Kombat growing up, and all the names of the characters are badass names. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, that's what I'm going to use. So that's where the names come from. So let me ask you this. Um, I for, There was a while there. Like, I, I'm so busy now. I don't get to check trail cameras, and I don't get to spend as much time in the woods as I used to where I could just be like, oh, that's this guy. That's this guy. That's this guy. So, like, naming for me has kind of fell off, but I've uh, – uh, I, I used to, I know I used to name my deer and, uh, a lot of them were rappers. Like, uh, I don't know why I, I had one, two chains. Uh, it yeah. was one a couple of years ago and, and things like that, but never, you know, it's, it's kind of slid off just because of the time aspect of it. Um, so of all the mortal combat characters, is there one that you're saving for like a giant, like, dude, this is a great, this is a great deer, but. I can't name him whatever because he's not big enough. There's two names. Okay. One of them I've already used, but I didn't kill that deer and he's gone now. Okay. So Sub-Zero. Sub- Ooh. Everybody knows that one. Everybody knows that one. And Raiden. Dude. And I haven't used that one next. So That's the one. Know. That's the one. Like That's, that's the, one. the one you have to save for something special. And if you know anything about Mortal Kombat... Noob Sabbath is actually Sub-Zero when he was killed. Long story, but um, <laughs> I read the meaning off on our show after I killed him, and people are, are Micah and Andy are like, you are a freaking nerd, dude. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So so not only did you play the video game, but you you know the backstories for all of their characters. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's a, certain characters that I won't name dear because I didn't like them. Okay. So <laughs> it's kind of funny, too. I'm like, oh, I'm screwing myself on some of these. I'm going to have to start using these names down the road if I kill enough deer. But Yeah. Oh, that's uh, funny. Well, so, hey, I hope I hope someday uh, you get the chance to to name a buck Raiden. Yeah, I'm, I'm – well, actually, Reptile, if he makes it through this season, and I hope to God he does, yeah. would be Raiden-level deer next year, I would assume. Okay. But he's already got a name, so I can't really change it. Right, you but, can't. 
Yeah. Because that but, would like that that would I feel like that would be bad bad juju for the, all the the deer gods. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got to keep his name, no doubt. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. How old are you? Uh, thirty-eight. Okay, thirty-eight. So you probably have forty more years of hunting, and uh, you know, so there's plenty of time for you to, I don't know, name a name a different buck, Raiden. Yeah, yeah. But so anyway, I mean, like the year got. I don't know. I was just getting my ass kicked, and I like I said, I was happy because my son got it done right. Right. But me personally was getting my ass kicked. Yeah. Um, the, the season started in Missouri on September 15th and we had just had, I remember this too. We had just had a show about the kickoff to the season or whatever we named it. And I had talked about how I was going to do a good job of staying out of the woods until at least October, second week of October. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Right. I say that every year. <laughs> well, and, and the property that I'm talking about with this deer is usually a property that after they go hard horned, there's a shift, they disappear for a while, yep, and then they come back mid October. So I felt pretty confident saying that. Well, I'm not kidding you, dude. The day after I say that, um, I'm sitting at my daughter's volleyball game, September 20th, I, let's say it was, I'm pretty sure, and I get a pic or a photo sent to me at five o'clock in the evening, and reptiles daylighted like 20 yards from where my, my stand's going to be, or the, he's traveling that direction. Yeah. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. That's cool. Like the first night I got that photo, I really, I thought something had to happen. Somebody had to bump him out of a bed somewhere. I don't know why he's here. Right. Something weird. You know, it was just yeah. weird to me. Yeah. So I didn't go hunting on the 21st, the 22nd. I'm sitting at her volleyball game again and 30 minutes earlier, so like 4.30 in the afternoon, he's freaking there again. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, uh, I need to hunt this deer. He's obviously showing up. Yeah. So the next night, I go hunt him. Uh, didn't see him. Didn't. Uh, I don't think I saw a deer that night at all, to be honest with you. Uh, then that Friday, which would have been like the 23rd, boom, he shows back up. And I'm sitting at my daughter's, my daughter's volleyball game again. Love her dearly. <laughs> But volleyball royally screwed me this year with that deer. <laughs> uh, dude, I don't know how many pictures I got of him while sitting at a volleyball game. So, oh, man. That's crazy. Uh, so I'm, I'm like, all right, I'm going to hunt you again. So I went and hunted him Saturday and Sunday and didn't see him. And then uh, I think he might have daylighted one more time. And then I stopped getting photos of him on October 7th. Okay. So that was the last picture I have of him at all in that, that place. And so I thought, all right. Right, well, he he finally left like he was going to just a little later. And then shortly after he leaves, Noob shows up. Okay. Uh, shows back up, who I had I had seen all summer as well. I knew him well. He was my, my other deer I, I was targeting. And so I thought, oh, okay, Noob's here. So uh he it was it was nighttime photos, so I, I still kind of played played it cool on him. And then I started hunting him heavy, probably like mid, like October 25th ish, you know, right around that time where it started getting crazy. Yep. Yep. And, um, dude, I had like two or three hunts where I was there the night I needed to be there. I knew he was going to be on the farm that night and I picked the wrong spot to be. And 
that evening, I'd get back to my truck and I'd get a photo from my, my trail cams and he was 80 yards away from me in a different location. Uh. And it's like, he just kept screwing with me. Like, you know, I know they don't do that, but it was almost like he was just messing with me, dude. And I think I might've even called you on it one, one time. Yeah. Uh, I got a photo of him at like nine in the morning and I was, I happened to be home that day. And so I'm like, I got to go hunt him right now. I'm going. And it's about a half hour drive to the farm. So I knew I wasn't going to be like, you know, running in on top of him. But I thought I can set up for him that afternoon and hopefully he'll come out that evening. And I think I even called you and I said, dude, he's taking a, he's taking a doe into a thick area. And I think he's going to, you know, lock down with her, do something with her. And, uh, I did everything right that night. I knew where he was going. I was right. I did everything I thought was correct, except I set up just on the western edge of this bedding area, and he came out on the northwestern edge yeah. with her at the, that evening. And I'm, Well, actually, he didn't. She did, and then about an hour after dark, he did. So it was just like, God, I don't know how I'm going to kill this deer. Like, he he keeps winning. I'm not smart. Like it is what it is. He's gonna win too. And then uh, opening day a rifle. I got. I'm just gonna call him out on it. To be honest with you, Micah and Andy peer pressured me to take my rifle <laughs> <laughs> because I had every intention of taking my bow because where I had picked to go hunting that morning was in really really thick nasty stuff. And so my furthest shot, like, might have been 40 yards total, right? And, uh, but I took the rifle because they're like, you know, you're going to take your bow and he's going to go in, in some thick stuff and you're not going to be able to shoot him and you're going to, you're going to be bitching to us for the next two years about it. So I thought, yeah, you're probably right. I'll take it. So, um, rifle season, you know, rifle opened up that morning. And, uh, I mean, long story short, he showed like 745 not from the direction I expected him to come from. Um, and I think it was because he might've been shot at on a neighboring property and missed. Um, but I don't know that for sure. It's just, it's just kind of odd the direction he came from. Right. Right. Uh, the, that morning when I came in, I came in and walked from the Northeast to a stand. So I would not have expected any deer that I was after to come from the Northeast since I walked that area and kind of cut cut some timber right there. And he comes from the northeast at 7.45 in the morning. So either I walked right past him in a bed and he didn't get bumped or something else happened. And, and I'm going to go with the something else happened. But yeah. anyways, 7.45, he walks right to me at 35 yards, right in a shooting lane. I had cut for my bow. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like I could have – it was a chip shot with a bow like all day long. Yeah. And uh, – he stopped or I stopped him and shoot and he bounds off and I don't hear him crash. So I start kind of freaking out and I might even talk to you that day. Honestly, I talked yeah. to a few people. Yeah. And cause uh, there wasn't a, cause I think you went over to the impact site and there wasn't a lot of blood, right? No. And it was like, there was blood, Okay, but to me it looked like grape jelly. Right. Right. And right. with a bow shot, I don't like that. That freaks me out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it just throws me off. So, and I didn't want to walk very far because when he turned and ran, he ran further into the property that I was hunting. So if he was going to bed down, that's where I wanted him to go. That was great. 
so I didn't want to push him. But dude, long story short, like he literally ran less than 40 yards and died. Yeah. I could have like, if I would have taken five steps further, I could have seen him laying there. I just, I never heard him crash. So it kind of threw me off. Um, so we, we backed out and actually waited like two and a half hours to, to start looking. And, um, I took like five steps and Andy had already seen him by then and was laughing. And, um, it was just kind of funny, kind of comical to be honest with you that I didn't notice him, but, um, better to be safe than sorry. So I got him and, uh, that, that was pretty much like icing on the cake season, season win right there. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. I mean, regardless is, I mean, still, you know, I'm sure guys will make fun of you or give you shit for it, but you know, it's, it's not a bow buck. It's a, it's a gun buck, but it doesn't matter. I mean, still it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It's uh, from a strategy standpoint, everything worked. You were in the right yeah. spot at the right time. And finally, finally it came through. Yep. No, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. And it, it does kind of feel good, even though it was with the rifle yeah. that it was at 35 yards. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't shoot him at 350 yards type of deal. You oh know? yeah. Like, yeah. I, I was, I was, it was still a bow hunt, which is kind of why I wanted to take the bow on Friday night because where I knew where I was going, I wasn't shooting anywhere anyways. Right. And, uh, but Hey, it is what it is. I, I don't give a shit about it. Like, yeah, it, but, um, yeah, it was just, it was really, it was, it was really nice to have my son kill that deer. Mm-hmm. And then he, this is not the first deer that I've been after that I've killed, but he's kind of the first one that I've been after that has also been kicking my ass at the same time that yeah. I've, that I've ended up winning on. Yeah. I usually lose and then totally lose and, you know, don't get them. Yeah. But so that was kind of cool. And, you know, he's, he's a gorgeous deer and, you know, just really happy with him. Yeah. And, uh, then like Andy tagged out in Missouri with two awesome deer. Like, uh, we had a really Missouri woods and water as a, uh, group of buddies, we had like a badass week, like a seven or eight day period. We killed, yeah, um, like s- one, two, three, four, five deer in yeah. seven days. Yeah. Um. So it was like it was a really good week. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So what's on the table for the rest of the year? I mean, are you pretty much done, or do you have any tags left? So Andy's tagged out. Micah still has an archery tag. I still have an archery tag, technically. Um, I'm, I'm leaving my property totally alone. I mean, unless reptile shows back up, which I doubt he will, but if he does, um, I'll hunt him, (laughs) but I, I really don't think that's going to happen. This property doesn't keep the deer in the winter. So, um, I, I think he's probably gone for the year, but so now it's just kind of one of like, I just, I hope he's alive. Um, you know, not I don't, I don't care about inches, but so people can get an idea of what kind of deer reptile is. Yeah. Um, I would say he's, he's somewhere in like the high fifties to mid sixties deer already. Yeah. And if he makes it through the year, I would assume that's going to go up next year. Yeah. Um, and he's already really cool. So that would be great if he would live. Yeah. But for the rest of the year, once I get over this freaking hernia, um, we're supposed to actually go sight in some rifles this this weekend with a bunch of us, and we're gonna we're gonna gear up to to hunt some some uh, some song dogs. So, 
we really have a lot of fun hunting coyotes down yeah. here and it's uh we've really gotten kind of i would say that's like our number two thing and actually i think andy enjoys it more than deer hunting at this point so like it's it's getting pretty big with us and we really enjoy doing it so yeah we're gonna be starting that up pretty soon that's awesome man um what was reptiles finishing move in the game do you remember uh yeah uh <laughs> reptiles finishing let's see I dumb question dan last, yeah <laughs> I killed Scorpion last year. Okay. His finishing move, move was this this thing on a chain yep. that would go through someone's body. Yep. Reptile spit acid. Oh, so it melts it was, their face off. Acid. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, Noob Sabbat, I don't really remember what he did because he really wasn't a main character. He was like one of the off guys. Yeah. But um, he 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 basically looked just like Sub Zero or Reptile or whatever, but he was black. Gotcha. He was just the shadow. So that's that's what he was. Yeah. So he, like one of his moves is like he would he would be able to teleport behind you through smoke or something like that. Yeah, he did stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I lo- I always love Scorpion just because he always did that. Come here. Yeah. Get over here. Yeah. yeah. Get over here. Yeah. yeah. That's what he did. It was. Yeah. Uh, man, I was laid up. <laughs> I was laid up with that game when I was younger. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. When you're an '80s kid, and. Uh, I don't, I don't know about so you're only two years or three years younger than me see i had the nintendo i had the sega i had the regular uh, I, I never did have the super nintendo but uh so i had the nintendo and the sega and then i went to college you know late 90s and there was there were some other things like place there was playstations but we didn't never we never got a playstation but when i went to college then my brother he got a like the first playstation i believe or the uh, the uh, not the GameCube, but I think it might have been the there was another Nintendo console that uh, it was like the super I don't know if it was a Super Nintendo or whatever it was. Anyway, that he had he had a couple of those and uh, yeah, so spent a lot of time playing Nintendo uh, video games in the eighties and nineties. Want to hear a funny story about college? Okay. And video games? Yeah. All right, so uh, the year after I played football at my college, I uh, I went and got student loans that year because yeah. I needed money. And I lived in an apartment. So like that year, when you got your student loan money, you just got this check at the beginning of the year, right? Right. So I don't remember how much it was. Let's say it was two grand for housing. I get this check and I'm like, hell yeah, I'm rich. <laughs> I went out and bought a PlayStation 2, like six games. Yep. A stereo system. Yep. And it might have been, it might have been a TV too. And by November, I was broke. Right. Because <laughs> I spent all my money on that stuff. But I'll tell you what, we had a lot of fun playing that PlayStation. Hell, hell yeah! And that's all. It, that's all you're going to remember, right? You're not going to remember how broke you were. You're just going to remember. Remember when we would literally sit and drink beer and play for hours and hours and hours and hours of video games. Dude, my dad chewed my ass. He's like, where in the freak is all your money? I'm like, I don't know, Dad. What are you talking about? Hey, dad, and so okay. I, had get like a, I had to go work with him for a few weeks to, to pay it off, and it, yeah. was, it was funny. But, you know, it was hell of a time. Yeah. By the way, Dad, can I get a, can I get a 50 for some, some gas money and <laughs> groceries? <laughs> yeah. So, well, I'll tell you what, man. I appreciate you stopping on and BSing with us for a little bit today. Um Good luck late season with your, uh, your your coyote hunting and and sighting your rifles and everything. And if uh, for everybody who's listening, man, if you if you haven't checked out the uh, Missouri Woods and Water podcast, do it 
it's not necessarily for just for Missouri guys and gals. Uh, they cover a lot of different uh, kick-ass topics, and they do a very good job at what they do. So uh, go check them out. And Nate, man, appreciate your time. Hey, Dan. Thank you, man. Huge shout-out to Nate. Huge shout-out to all of you. Huge shout-out to Hunt Stand, Lone Wolf, Wasp, Ozonix, Vortex, Exodus, and Excalibur. Man, really appreciate all the uh, love and support that you guys send my way. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge advocate of if you want positive things to happen in your life, you yourself have to be a positive uh, influence, not only on yourself, but those uh, around you. So please send good vibes out into the universe. I guarantee you get them back. And uh, man, it doesn't hurt to have some good vibes when you're out in the woods too. So good vibes in, good vibes out, wear your safety harness, and we'll talk to you next week. (laughs) 